Hi, my name is Sean Shaler. That's my friend Chris Ford, aka the Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter, semi-fame. And this is The Boiling Rock. That's book three, fire, episodes 14 and 15. It is a two-parter, and we believe that they necessitate one another. So like previous two-parters, we're going to rate them both together. The Boiling Rock, or in my mind, the last two episodes of Disc 3 on my old-fashioned <laughs> DVD set that I'm watching from my PlayStation 2 on my CRT TV because I party like it's 2000. Chris, how you doing? I am doing good. Uh, random note. So when this when Avatar when Avatar was first airing and you you would you know see the titles of the next episodes coming up, I saw Boy and Rock Part One and Two. So in my head, someone like Aang, oh he's going to learn how to lava bend because when I think boiling rock, I think rock that is hot, that is boiling, and it is lava. Makes enough sense I don't know. to me. I would have I thought like else. a bad, like a like the big bad palace or something like that would be on the boiling rock. It, you know that made sense to me, but I didn't see the episode titles in advance. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know if anyone else had that that thought as well. And I, so I was kind of disappointed when the episode started. I was like, oh, it's a, it's a prison, but it's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be like some okay. lame Shawshank ripoff. It's- this episode sucks. The angle's going to lob a bit. Everything <laughs> sucks. Uh, yeah, well, I don't have a whole lot of intro because it's two-parter, so it's going to be a longer, longer episode. So I thought that this week uh, we would just jump right into the episode, if that's all right with you, unless you have anything else to note before we get started. No interesting debates this week, nothing like that. Last week got a little heated, but uh, no, I don't have nothing, nothing extra this week. That's all right. It's, but it's okay because this episode's worth it. It's worth its own, its own focused set. So let's start with the Boiling Rock Part One. Mm-hmm. Chris, uh, take us away whenever you're ready. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, I love, like I said before, I love the character interaction here with Zuko and the rest of Team Avatar, especially here. Um, I really love how Zuko humbles himself and he's serving tea to other members of Team mm-hmm. Avatar. He's trying to tell a joke that Iroh tells. He just ends it with, well, I don't know how the rest goes, but I know it ends with, leave me alone, I am bushed. Leave, leave me and alone, then, and I am bushed. Yeah, leave me alone, I am bushed. And no one laughs. See, that's it's funny, because I would have laughed right there, just knowing, like, this is tea. And I'd have been like, I, <laughs> I get where, I get it, it's fine. Yeah. Good try, Zico. Um, it's like, it's funnier when Iroh tells it, and then... Katara says, Katara, I feel like it's being like somewhat nice here, but also a little little catty, little whatever the word is. She's progressing. She has seen yeah. him help uh, Aang, you know, so hopefully she's progressing towards positivity. Yeah. She's like, maybe it's funnier because your uncle knows the joke. Um, and then like everyone kind of laughs as they go, and like he kind of gives this like, oh, they're kind of welcoming into the team. Like they're laughing with me. So a, little, a little hazing, you know. Instead of bending at me, type of deal. Um, then uh, Sokka asks, uh, the weight of, of losing his father, again, in the loss at the invasion the day of Black Sun, is still weighing heavily on Sokka. And he asks Suko, like, hey, where do they send prisoners? And Suko tells him where that place is. And then both of them go off <laughs> go off in that direction. Suko uh, tells him where it is, and he's like, no, I just want to know. And then Sokka wakes up in the middle of the night. 
to sneak off, and then Zuko's waiting on him. He's like, not going anywhere, huh? Yeah. And he's, then yeah, he's... Sokka tries to convince Zuko to, to leave him alone and stay here and all that stuff. Yeah, I love how... <laughs> One thing, I love this episode because it's a really good Sokka Zuko episode, and I really love those two characters and how much they mirror each other and their growth. And in this episode, Sokka's like, I gotta, re- gotta redeem my honor, and who knows more about honor than Zuko does? No one really. Uh, and this is we're probably, I mean, this is truly the first set of interaction. You know, we've talked before about their relationship eventually uh, turning into something really cool. And this is their first extended interactions of any type. And you can sort of already see, like, I don't know how to say this. He doesn't have the same sort of mistrusting background Sokka does uh, of Zuko as like Katara or even Aang. It, it, yeah. I mean, it's not that there wasn't still like hatred or anything, but it's just different. Um, than what those two had to put up with. And so I feel like maybe it's easier for him as a tactician who has been less sentimentally affected to just kind of jump on board and and try to mend the fence and have these interactions. It just, it feels like it's coming easier to him. Still awkward and he's trying really hard, but... Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, (laughs) they got really awkward on the war balloon on the way there. Like, (laughs) you, you kind of have two people who have nothing to say to each other. And, uh, and uh, Sokka is it's like, oh, a war balloon, a balloon, war, war. Uh, I know I know the guy who invented this. <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, really, huh? Yeah. And then they just go off with this random conversation <laughs> that leads nowhere. And then... Uh, That's the one. Oh. No, this is the one where Iroh uh, comes in, where they talk yes. about Iroh. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so... Zuko says, "Like my well, my family. They know, if they know how to do one thing, it's war." He's like, "Yeah, the whole family's that way." Essentially, he's like, "Well, not everybody." And then Sokka's like, "Yeah, I know. You know, you're trying to be good and everything." He's like, "No, I'm talking about my uncle Iroh. You know, he's a good person." Um, essentially, Sokka's like, "No, your uncle would know that you're trying to help us out now." And then and Sokka asks, "Like, oh, was there anyone else that you know they care about that you you know had to leave behind?" He's like, "You yeah. know, there was." Uh, May, it's <laughs> like you mean that moody girl, the, that yeah. moody girl who sighs a lot or something like that. Yeah. And I love how Sokka, how Zuko's like, yeah, like he really loves May. Which this episode, no, I think he is does. Really he, good. He high school thinks he loves May. That's it. That is no. After for me, I, I know before in our in our uh, ship it. Sink it, whatever episode or shipping, punts and ships episode that I sunk the Zuko and May ship. But watching this episode makes me wish it all works no, out. Man, it these makes are me all, no, these are all just feelings that that every every kid has with their first girlfriend. Uh, come on, everybody. Like it's not that it's not nice and that it's not love in in a sense of like the, taking pretty strong actions to protect her and then her vice versa in a little bit. But like that's not that's not like a real love. It's just kids, just being kids. Yeah. Whatever we all yeah. went through. That. We'll, we'll get we'll we'll get more into it. Right, where's um, Jamie at? We need an expert. We need a <laughs> we need a ship's expert. Hi, Jamie. By the way. <laughs> but uh, eventually, you know, Zuko says like, "Yeah, I left her behind." And then Saga, you know, because they're kind of uh, kind of bonding here. He says. My first girlfriend turned into the moon. <laughs> yeah, I love that part. <laughs> yeah, just 
And then, of course, the the legendary line, that's rough, buddy. That's Enzo. rough, buddy. Yes. <laughs> it's like the two bros <laughs> in a bar talking over drinks, but they're not old enough yeah. to drink yet. That's rough, buddy. <laughs> the thing is, like, Zuko was there. <laughs> Luckily... Maybe that's what makes it Zuko. easier for him to like believe and wrap his mind around. Because yeah. if you told that well, to he's... anybody else, it'd be like. The thing is, he he was he wasn't exactly there. Like he never even seen you. He saw you once, um, but he wasn't there when Zhao killed the moon, killed the ocean spirit, and then no, I'm sorry, when Zhao killed the moon spirit, and then when Yue sacrificed herself for it, he wasn't there. Like he just saw. The moon turned red, and they saw it disappear, and they saw the moon come back. Like but, that's the only but context. Maybe that's why that it's he easier knows. for him to wrap his mind around. Like if you go to somebody else, be like, "My old girlfriend turned in the moon," they'd be like, "Why are you out of your mind?" But like Zuko saw the moon disappear and then reappear, so maybe he's like, "Okay, I can get it." Yeah, I mean, maybe Iroh filled him in on it because Iroh was there. But for me, yeah, like, yeah, it's so good to see that. I can't unhear uh, you but... say "you a" now. I <laughs> ultimate <laughs> athlete. <laughs> <laughs> can't sorry i'm not gonna bring you into another episode there's there's no time for that um yeah so then they get to the boiling rock and they disguise themselves as prison guards and, and i love a lot of the, the interaction here like they zuko <laughs> as the prison guards he's like can, can i ask you guys a question and one guy's like no you can't date the women guards here <laughs> The female, guard. yeah, the female guard. Yeah, the female guard is it. I just find a lot. I I find these episodes written really well, written really comedically. Um, yeah, and so you know, so I goes throughout. This, this one, these or these two in particular, strike me. When I say I'm going to say stupid funny, and that sounds like a detriment, it's not. But it's more like sort of a goofy comedy funny. Like, uh, you know, we've got some episodes that are clever, funny, or feels funny. Or this this one's, like, kind of goofy comedy funny. These two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, so Sokka goes there with the mission of finding his father. And he looks throughout the whole place, asks all the guards, and he's not there. And Sokka feels, like, down on himself. Feels down on his luck. Like, man, I risked our lives to do this. And I still didn't think these, think anything through. And, Sok- and Zuko tries to give him some advice, like, well, what would Iroh say? And he says something dumb, like a silver Real bad. sandwich. Uh, silver he's essentially trying to stuff. say, like, find a silver lining in a bad situation, and it comes out yeah. like taking a bite out of a silver sandwich when you're sad or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty rough. Yeah, and then, and then Sokka pretty much just says, like, oh, you know, he, he gets happier. And then Zuko's like, wait, did that work? And Sokka's like, no, that what you said made no sense. But look, Suki's here. Uh, yeah. So Suki, the, the Suki. champion Suki, right? Right? She's a champion. Yes. Yeah, the champion. Yeah, Suki. she's a champion. Suki, the champion. Well, she's I can't. Non-bending. I can't get excited. Non- I voted against her, but the non-bending, <laughs> yeah. the best one. Uh, I'm still proud of um, her. No, no, I, I love this episode for a lot of different things. I think, um, and we'll get into that. But she's, she's peak Suki, I think, in this episode. Uh, well, not necessarily peak. She learns even more things as her story goes on. But, so, she he meets Suki. She almost punches him in the face <laughs> because he doesn't take off his helmet and just wants to kiss her. Uh, he does it purposely. And I love their reunion here because 
the reunion feels really genuine. Like she's like, "Oh, Sokka!" Like she's like, "I knew you would come for me." Um, and I love, I love their relationship a lot. You know, like, to me, it's a, it's a, it's a give and take relationship. Um, both of them bring many things to the relationship. Both of them are really there for each other. Um, it's, it's an interesting relationship because Sokka is the least formidable person in it. Um, but he still feels like he has to protect her. She still feels like she has to protect him. They still are there for each other. They still save each other. Like That's how relationships be. It should be mutually beneficial, mutually uh, given relationship. Uh, yeah. And so they're hatching a plan to escape and they uh, hatch a plan with Chit Sang, who is I don't know why he's in there. He's like Danny Trejo, learned. basically. Just just exists to live in prison in movies. Yeah. Uh, um, Asaka does come up... This is a really good Asaka episode. It really shows his, his skills. He comes up with a plan to break them out. He's like, well, the cooler is there. And if you get a cooler, the cooler can withstand the boiling water. They can get over to the other side. Um, and they have that plan. But then they also learn that, oh, well... <laughs> Uh, new prisoners are coming in. It could be um, his father. It could not be. And I love how Sokka has to deal with his decision. Like, do I risk the lives of us on a chance that my father is here? Um, so I really love that this episode. I love how it handles stakes. Right, the stakes um, kind of continue to rise within this episode. And it, so within this episode, it feels feels like a very complete story. Um, the stakes here is like, all right, you don't have your dad, but you found Suki. Now you can, you can cut your losses and leave. And also, there's the their last Sokka's last uh, failure is still ringing in his head. Like, I could have cut my losses at, at the day of Black Sun, but I wanted to keep fighting, and we lost so we lost that battle. We lost soldiers. We could have escaped early with everyone. Um, that was that was my that was my mistake. And. Uh, but he still keeps going with it. Like, and Suka gives him a really good pep talk. Like, listen, Sokka, you're gonna fail over and over again because you're because you're trying. That's what you're gonna do. You're gonna fail, but you gotta keep trying. And so, and to me, Zuko knows that because Zuko has failed time and time after again. He's done the wrong things and failed. He's done some right things and have failed. Um, but you gotta gotta keep trying. Gotta try to keep improving there. The the interaction here between Zuko and Sokka, even to the extent where Sokka tells him to to go, like Sokka's like, all right, you know, you helped me, you can get these guys out of here, and I'll figure out another way. Um, that it's it's a small gesture because you know they haven't been spending just a ton of time together, but the mere fact that Sokka offers to let him go and and risk all of that chance, but just bring it upon himself on his side and then Zuko agreeing to stay and say, no, let's do this together. Um, that to me is, I don't know, it's really touching. Hit me in the feels pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the moment, right? Uh, you know, they, they play with your expectations. <laughs> uh, first of all, I love how one guy, one big guy with the nose ring comes out and Zuko's like, is that your dad? So I was like, my dad doesn't have a nose ring. There's no reason I find that funny. Um, and then just like Suko being and, awkward trying to help again, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh wait, 
I want to get back to this one re- uh, interaction between Zuko and and Suki. Right, they're both like Suko's been found out. He's been uh, they know he's not a guard, and so they're both prisoners now. Suki and Zuko, and like they're both mopping the floors together. And so I was like, "Oh, glad you guys met." And she's like, "Actually, we met before." And Zuko's like, "We have? Yeah, you burned my village down." Oh, sorry. Oh about yeah. That. <laughs> this is what is like, sorry about that. Great to see you again, or something like he throws in one more. I think it's great to see you again. I I forget, but there's another clip <laughs> at the end of that. Yeah. All right. Great notion there. Um, yeah. So back to the uh, new prisoners coming in. I love how they play with your expectations. Um, like things, nothing physical is happening right now. There's no, there's no immediate threat, but the stakes are still high. All right. Prisoners come off and it's all, it's all, they're all gone. There's no more prisoners. And so Saga feels defeated. Um, until you know, he comes back like, oh, there's one more prisoner. And then, like, it's his dad. And he goes, like, dad. Like, I just love that moment a lot. The, yeah, you know what, actually, sorry, I was going to make a comment, but I think it's better suited for the end of both episodes. So I'm going to hang back. But you get to see, you get to see Hakoda, and it's very exciting. And I would imagine at the time that it was aired, uh, you were, you got to be pretty, I don't know, pretty jacked for that realization of what was going to come the next episode. I will save my other comment for the end. Yeah, and really, did I even know this was a two-part episode at the time? I'm pretty sure they they premiered at the same time. I know that. And it's some of yeah. the other two-parters, if not all of them, it seems like they premiered them at the same same day. Yeah, I am pretty sure they premiered at the same time. I'm not, I guess I'm not completely... I'm, only eighty-two percent sure they premiered on the same day. I I would believe that. I would I would add at least five percent to that just because they had previously with other <laughs> ones. Yeah. I just didn't care to validate this one. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much the part one of the Boiling Rock, and then in part two, Hakoda enters, and and uh, and Saka meets up with his dad, and I love how his dad. Pushes him. Same thing that happens with with Suge. He's like, you should let me know who you are before. Um, he's like, Dad, it's me. And like, I absolutely love this moment. I love the relationship between Hakoda and Sokka. Like, he cries. Like, he says, Sokka, my son. Like, you just saw him like, a couple of weeks ago. But I don't know how it feels to be in prison. But I'm sure he was just he was down on his luck, right? He had no hope. He figured he would be in prison probably until the war was either won or lost. You know, or he'll be in there his whole life. Um, so to see his son, to have hope again, I think, and to see his, his son is good, his son is safe. Pretty sure all those things brought Would you say it made him eye. want to foam at the mouth? Would he? Uh, want that level of hope. I mean, that, no. foam at the what, he foam at the eyeballs with water. That's what he wanted to do. Yeah, it is really touching. I'm, I'm making light of it, but it's uh, gosh, maybe one of the more touching reunions in the entire show. Yeah. Uh, also, a, a glance over it, I skipped over it, is Hakoda's kind of um, his interaction with the warden, and and how he gets the better of the warden, even if it's just a little bit. Like you know, everyone else bows to him, and Hakoda's like, "No," and he's like, "I know who you are, Hakoda of the Water Tribe. So proud." Something he makes him bow because he takes his foot and he puts it down on the floor, so it just 
automatically some bow, and then he leaves, Dakota trips him, and uh, people laugh about it. Um, so it just it's a real testament to the character that is Dakota. Man, if I was going to break out of prison, I don't know why I think about this so much. If I was going to break out of prison, I would definitely go more like an Andy Dufresne route, where it's like, I'm not going to, I'm just going to do exactly as I'm told and try to lay really, really low, like hold that status quo while I'm hatching my plan until it's like the perfect moment. Like, I'm not going to, I will bow. I will chicken out of everything. But deep down in here, but you're hatching that plan. And in the end, laying low. Got to lay low that first. Come on, Hakoda. Think think strategically don't don't be don't be stubborn uh that's why my wife has been has been watching a lot of 60 days in and i'm like what do you even do in that situation i mean of course you you hang out with all the black people because you because prison is weirdly racist like that like you, those people well not you you don't hang out with you I mean you hang out with whoever whatever uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> Sorry, hold on. Yeah, okay. it's funny that we were having a racial conversation and then you referred to me as you people and that is like a really weird thing <laughs> no i'm not familiar at all with 60 days in so uh, my brain's still kind of catching up um I'm so not 60 days in show. is a television show on uh, i forgot what it is anyway these uh non-prison people well it's not prison they plant innocent people into jail so they can gather information on like how printers are getting drugs and stuff in and like what things need to improve about the is prison cells and stuff plants. This is nonfiction. This is real. Real deal. Like, okay. Yeah. So they go <laughs> into prison for sissy in not prison, because prison is different than jail. Big difference. Prison is much worse. Um, <laughs> jail is bad, but it's not as bad as prison. But uh, jail, like a lot of you them. pee in front of other people and then you get over it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like this is a little worse than that. To me, that's like a police station where you're being held. Oh yeah, you're right. Just like a holding cell. Yeah, yeah I'm probably thinking of that. Yeah, jail is kind of like a like you could be in jail if you're um, prosecuted. Not uh, if, if you're going to court for for a crime but you haven't been convicted of it yet unless you post bond or something like that or you've done some minor crimes and stuff and you're only in there for like six months or less or something like that uh prison is like you got you're serving you know some some time some time there neither one is fun but one is way worse than the other <laughs> right like two out of ten would not recommend either personally yeah <laughs> yeah but well, sometimes I try to think about like, well, what would I do if I went to jail? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would lay low, yeah, just lay low, uh, work out a lot. Try to get my hand I, go iro on it, just hatch that plane. I, so I really think to myself like, all right, if I was in jail, I had to make sure I don't mention how much of a geek I am. I'm pretty sure there's no street cred in that. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna go for the strong silent type until they see me. They'll be like, well, he's not strong, so maybe the just thing a regular is, silent type. Look at my life. People assume that I was just because of my quiet demeanor, because I have, because of my facial features, and probably because I'm black. Like they just assumed, like I'm either tough or I mean I can be tough. I don't mind fighting somebody if like if, <laughs> but yeah. but, I'm, but I'm not as hard I think as I as I as I look. Um. You have what I would <laughs> consider like indifferent facial features a lot. Like I could see where that i can see where that perception comes from 
your face. There it is. Mostly, right there. There it is. I would just. <laughs> Most likely, try and lay low and just be like, "Don't, don't bring up comic books and stuff like that." Because <laughs> I, w- I would really want to. Because that's a lot of my life. <laughs> I, I have no, like, nothing that connects to sh- the closest thing that I know anything about that connects to street cred at all would be like football. They talk football with people. That's <laughs> it. Just no, don't 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 become anyone's B in jail. Just no, don't do stuff. that, and I think you're fine. And you don't. I don't think I go out of your way. Just be like, hey, somebody, if you're on my bunk, get out of my bunk. Like, you're not gonna play these games. Like, I could do that. I don't mind. Yeah, like, I have I a weird do. confidence in myself in fighting. It's this. It's unproven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been in plenty of fights before, but I'm just like, hey, if someone wants to fight me, I will. If it's a good reason. I feel like I got a good chance, unless they're like some MMA fighter, right? I'm well, fighting like say, I think I think the fights that you I'm not I know I'm gonna sound judgmental, but the fights that you've been in in a prison fight is probably two different kinds of fights. <laughs> I I don't want to judge what kind of fights you've been in because yeah. I'm not a fighter myself, but it's funny because a lot of people I fought in uh in my younger years they've been to prison and jail so now I wouldn't want to fight them anymore because they 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 reached another level that I haven't reached but luckily they've had more time I'm to in work a better out. place in life <laughs> yeah yeah those are uh <laughs> I, I it's really what, funny that they I do know one person that had to he was in minimum security prison uh for one month or three sorry three months yeah three months but it was like distinctly minimum security. So we're talking like white collar crimes, not tough guy crimes. But he himself is it's semi athletic and and well built and things. So like he really did just he just worked out and then when he got out he was, <laughs> he was just pretty thick and buff. And I was like, Is minimum security prison, were you the biggest guy in there? He's I mean he's not huge, but he's like actually that's pretty close. <laughs> Minimum security. You know what? If you got to pick one, maybe pick that one. You know, do some white collar crimes. Go to minimum security yeah. if you got to pick. I mean, yeah. One thing, white collar crimes are definitely the place to do it. I mean, yeah, I think so. Do... That's, that's what uh, yeah. more profitable in the white collar department. I oh, yeah, definitely like legit. Definitely, you can. People have done white collar crimes and then been hired by the same people they did the crime against. So then they can. So then you can prevent them from getting that crime done against them again. By the end, you've started a small business. Yeah. To quote Jeff Mulaney. I don't think there should be any type of low security crimes. I mean, everyone should be just put in the same prison. Right, you gotta suffer the same, same, you you broke the same constitution. (laughs) I agree. That was a a great tangent. Last time we had dragons, this time we got prison. I know know way more. I know way more about dragons than I do about prison. On my notes that I sent you about like oh i want to remember to talk about this prison reform was one of them but it, it, <laughs> it was it was mostly about oh um, okay we'll get to that in a the, bit. the anyway, one we're... guy right yeah we'll get to him in the episode here yeah yeah okay um so uh, so they, they hatch a new escape plan and uh just saying it's part of this plan again but they need to capture the warden so they get the warden on the gondola so because they can then threaten to kill him or throw him off the gondola or whatever and since so they so then they can get off yeah. um so they get everyone in position and oh i should also note uh chit saying 
was captured in his attempt to leave that Sokka and Zuko and Suki did not do. Um, and, uh, and the warden is now trying to get information from him about who he can trust and everything like that. And he says, it's a guard. And he says, this is the other guard, not Sokka. Because Chitsang is like, oh, well, they're hashing a plan to leave again. Um, so then they start the plan. And part of the plan is to start a riot. And and uh, and this is the prison reform part comes because Akoto's like I can start a riot. He goes and he punches a guy or something, or he hits him, and the guy's like, "Hey!" And he's, and he's like, "That hurt." And then Akoto's like, "You're not mad about this?" Like, "No, I've been dealing with my anger a lot." So this is part of prison reform. Like, I was talking about Fire Nation is apparently good at actually, uh, um. What's the proper word I'm looking for? Um, rehabilitating? Rehabilitate. Uh, rehabilitating oh, is, is that prisoners. the word that Morgan Freeman uses in, in uh, yeah. Shawshank Redemption? Because that's the one I no, that's, a, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Like, prison should be about rehabilitating that person. It shouldn't just be about punishment. I mean, it should be about punishment, but, you know, we've talked about this before, probably on something before, where I said, you know, um, justice is, is balanced. Justice isn't necessarily vengeance. Um, vengeance is about you making yourself feel better, while justice is about uh, bringing balance and making the world better, right? If prisoner, if prisoner goes into prison, you should be trying to reform them so when they come out, they don't go back into the situation that they were in before and also continuing their crime. You should re rehabilitate them. If you can't rehabilitate yeah. them, there's no use of letting them out in the first place. So absolutely, if there's a, yeah. if there's no chance they can be rehabilitated, then uh, that's not good. So way to go, Fire Nation! Way to be uh, progressive and successful in this case. Although I don't think rehabilitation, I doubt that's what they're aiming for in that particular prison. Yeah, maybe he just has a good therapist. I don't know. Do they have therapy? I don't know. I don't know. He sounds like he's been talking to a therapist. He but. does. He's he's well versed, so it's not like just one or two sessions. It's he's been doing it for a while. Yeah, yeah. The world needs more therapists, I think. Um, <laughs> therapy should be. You he's should doing good have. Work. I was I was randomly thinking about this the other day. Like, your insurance should cover like two therapy sessions a year. Yeah, like a dental thing. Like, listen, I'm not going to go every exactly. Week. Yeah, but I would go twice a year. Yeah, just to yeah. you know, let's let's get some learn how to manage some stress in a non-corporate office way where they hand you a stress ball and tell you to get good at time management, let's talk to a professional about it. Yeah. Also, you know, if it covers that, more people go and see them, they get problems. It's just like getting a checkup, right? You know, the reason why um, health insurance and, and to other extent other programs work is that because you go get checked up once a year, you find issues before they become bigger issues. And then that saves on money and pain and, and time towards the later end of your life. Or not late, just a later time. Mental issues, same way, I'm sure. Is that you get checked on every now and then, you find a little nugget that needs a little work, and it doesn't create bigger, that snowball into bigger issues later on. It would have to be insurable before the snowball effect that you're talking about would, would reap, uh, would, would be beneficial, that like it had to be insured sort of in the first place because right now it's just all profit they, yeah. they probably just want yes. us to go nuts right but yes, if it were yeah. insured in the same way then yeah it would be very helpful let's do that come on people 
It's not like being an insurance company doesn't doesn't or being a part of an insured program doesn't make it profitable. Like it's still gonna be fine. Yeah, the thing is that would bring in more people, more customers, which probably have to now have more therapists. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll expand the anyway. That's uh that's my party platform. If I'm running for for something, I don't know what you're I don't running know what for, I'm running but I'll for. vote for you. It's I'm, I'm game. <laughs> <laughs> vote chris ford for uh und- undecided tbd just watch for his name on the paper okay <laughs> it'll be there just read the whole thing um gosh okay so they start the riot and when the best uh just saying starts the riot because he just lifts that guy up and just says riot riot and everything <laughs> riot <laughs> um and then Saga's like, all right, so now what I'm going to do is go up all the way up there and get and grab the warden. And then they're like, um, how are we going to do that? And Saka's like, I have no idea. And then they start, Saka and Zuko start arguing about it because Saka's not thinking things through and stuff like that. And, uh, and Chisang's like, hey, I think your girlfriend got it. And Suki freaking is just like walking on heads. Cables, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's just walking on heads, and then she Spider-Man climbs up, and it's just a magnificent scene that I can't even describe the best way, but it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful animation, beautifully done. I love it. Um, and then she finally gets the warden. She takes out a lot of people in, in this interaction. Uh, also, I love... I love seeing Suki. I love seeing characters in Avatar fight hand to hand because you don't see it often. Usually, people either have bending or they have weapons, mm. um, which that was kind of one of the things when they first created the show. Like, the show came to them and they're like, "Oh, well, you can't really show people fighting that often. Well, how do we get around that? Okay, well, they got magic <laughs> uh, to to do that fighting. They don't have to do hand to hand fighting, so we don't get to see that often in the Avatar universe. So when we do, I think it's really cool uh, to look at in Suki." Really great hand to hand fighter. Like she takes out one person, knocks that person out, and she like swoops in on another person, takes them out, and then grabs the warden and just ties them up really quickly. Um, I just love that. Then of course, the other guys finally reach up to the top and they're all out of breath. <laughs> and then uh, Saga's dad's like, "That's some girl." And then Saga, of course, like, "Yeah." And then, <laughs> He's like, so, "Yep, I know it." Yeah. Uh, before this, May, Tylee, and Azula do get there because um, I actually don't know why Azula is there. I mean, I'm guessing the warden um, is, the is warden. May's uncle, so I think the idea is that the warden alerted them that he had Zuko. You know, maybe through yeah, the May warden, or maybe directly. Yeah, I'm guessing the warden told May. May told Azula, so Azula's like, "Well, I'm gonna go check this out too because I like killing my brother." <laughs> I got two pastimes. One's blue lightning, the other's killing my brother. That's it. That's all I do. Um Yeah, so Zuko before this happens, Zuko and May does have this really good one on one, which I think is is a really great conversation and Zuko's like um I'm sorry, May is like, How could you betray your country? And Zuko's like, I don't see us betraying my country. I'm saving it. Like, it's really interesting how perspectives can change the way you look at something. And then he eventually 
Oh. Traps her in there. And I love the scene of her eyes just watering up looking at Zuko and his eyes kind of watering up. And he's like, I got to go. Like, you're on the wrong side of history here. I can't. Gotta, I got to redeem myself. I got to save my nation. I got to save the world. The world is, is, is greater than us right now. So great moment there. I don't know if it. Which I don't know if it contributes to the whole uh, to the whole Zuko May relationship uh, as a couple, but it is a nice moment. I wish he would have tossed <laughs> out something like really quick but really meaningful in the terms of uh, I like I left you out of it in order to keep you safe or something like that. Just to like, hey, see, I do have feelings, and I'm not just not just ignoring you. I made a conscious decision to try to let you keep living your, your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so now they capture the warden. And the thing I love about this episode is that it has great pacing. Like, at this point, maybe because it's a two-part episode and we're halfway through the second episode, is that it feels like it's over. <laughs> Almost. Like, all right, they capture the warden, they're on a gondola, and they're escaping. Perfect. Good job, everybody. And then it goes from crap from there because Azula's there and she stops the cables and and then they and then Azula, which I love, she like propels herself, she grabs someone's handcuffs, propels herself to the cable and then is just propels herself from it. Uh, it's just so cool. Uh, and then Ty Lee just jumps on the cables and she just runs <laughs> across them. Really, really great stuff there. It's a really uh, so cool, then, it's a really cool fight scene up top of that carriage thing too. It's awesome. Yeah, I love absolutely love this fight scene. You have Suki versus Tai Lee, which it's it's a great hand to hand fight. Like and like I said before, Avatar doesn't do hand to hand fights that often. So when you see two fighters who are really just really great at it, um, it's just really a joy to see. Like you can see them countering each other and, and trying to hit each other. And then Ty Lee figuring out they're like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go under the gondola, come around the back and get her that way. It's really cool to see their fight scene play out. And then you have a very measured Azula. She's very measured at this point. And I think it's it's directed really well because it shows just how this is like Azula at her peak ability and her peak sanity. Like she does it looks really cool mm-hmm. it looks really exact and tactful like even when she's fighting zuko and uh, Sokka at the same time like there's just that moment where um like Sokka attacks with a sword and then zula and the zuko attacks with firebending and zula has a duck and she ducks with her her hands and that's the only thing keeping her down and her feet are just <laughs> are just parallel to the ground it's just her arms holding her, uh, her up, and then she like does this move where she then comes from under and fire bends at him. She's just so measured. It's, it's so so good. I don't have much commentary on the fight itself, other than that it's really cool. But I do love the the sort of climax that comes up here, the pinnacle. Uh, I have many many thoughts about it. Yeah. So eventually, the fight is pretty much a stalemate <laughs> because uh, the warden gets loose, and the warden's like. Cut the line. And they're like, all right, we'll cut the line. One thing, they didn't really think that through. Azula's on there. Um, Azula 
I mean, I guess they're like, well, she, she can, can fly, herself. man. Like, she's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know um, if they know that. Which I, but. which I do love the scene when Azula comes in because the warden is interrogating someone. And then uh, someone's like, someone's here for you, sir. He's like, who's interrupting me? And she's like, I am. And he's like, holy crap. Oh, shit. And he, everyone, <laughs> everyone bows down to her, which I think is amazing because Azula is like 14 years old and this old middle-aged man is bowing down to her not only because she's the fire princess but because she exudes that regalness she exudes that that i own you type of deal yeah, like she scary. doesn't seem to me she doesn't come off as like some spoiled brat like i'm the fire princess so you gotta do what i say she comes off as like i'm the second in charge of this country you have to do what i type what i say um that's reasonable. and you can tell that like yeah you can tell that he they rightfully so fear her <laughs> which is like how does a 14 year old build a reputation that quickly a fear that is a stellar question no it's a it's like pure fear too you don't get any of the spoiled any of the spoiled yeah. uh what is like obligatory respects it's yeah. probably a legitimate worry of like hey she might toss me into the uh, volcano <laughs> Yeah. She is upset. So now they're they're cutting the lines, and Azula's just like time to go. And she just <laughs> she then propels just herself Iron off Man's of it. it. Yeah, and it goes on to the other gondola, and Tylee just leaps on the other side. But <laughs> she got some ups, like. Um, and then I love Azula's pretty much fine. Like she just says bye, brother. Like she says bye, brother, in a sense like. You're gonna die by she has no remorse. But Tylee they do a really good job of planting a seed that Tylee isn't as um deadly as Azula. Like she has this look of concern. She's like, Oh crap, they're gonna die. Like she she feels <laughs> sorry for them. Like, hold on uh, a second. Azula? I didn't think about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Azula's just like, Alright, they're gonna die. <laughs> and, and then yeah, so the cables are stopping. Hakoda says, like, I hope this thing floats. And so your expectations are are uh, being played with here. You're like, all right, well, in order for them to escape the situation, the condo is going to drop, and then they'll, know, they'll climb their way to safety from there. They'll make their way to the edge or something like that. And then the gauntlet keeps going. You find out May has, has, has taking out all these guards, which is really great May scene. I think this is probably the best May fighting scene. It really shows her capabilities. It is, but it's now the she... scene I have the most issue with because I maintain that that's not within her, her character scope or her character's like likelihood. And also, who is training these guards? Like Suki, I can maybe kind of get on board with, but I cannot get on board with May taking out these guards. I, I just can't do it. It's not... The only thing she got going for her here is maybe like the element of surprise. So unexpected. I mean, to me, no one trains prison guards. Guards aren't. My, my wife was a corrections officer. Don't right? any of them firebend at all, though? Can't one of those guys firebend? I mean, see, those people are probably. I mean, this is like one of the most uh, inescapable prisons there is. And so it's like, well, we don't really need to change anything. Like, the. The boy and rock takes care of itself. We don't need the greatest prison guards around. Um, so they probably just hire anybody, right? I remember my wife was a corrections officer. She would get like random training, <laughs> like defensive training. She's like, "Can I practice on you?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And then like 
I would just immediately get out of whatever she was doing. I'm like, yeah, that training did nothing. You're gonna want. You're gonna want to get retrained. Um, my wife does similar. Like, uh, my wife has worked in in fields previously where she's had to do similar things, like restraints on on people, essentially. Um, and so she has tested them on me before, and. In her defense, I can usually, like, I can't break out of them cleanly. I can only break out of them because I can literally just, like, lift her from whatever position because she's, like, five feet tall. So it's yeah. not that they're not working. It's just that most people would have the ability to just displace her physically. Not her fault. She's short. Yeah. But same same concept. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I think it's fine that the guards are. And I, I mean, in the story tells us that that and may shows you know these abilities all throughout i don't think it shows us how she got them she did go to firebending royal academy or something she can't have them i'm just saying it doesn't seem fair like it seems out of character more for her than the other characters and it's one of those things where it's like i I get tired of like everybody is op you know but that's that's kind of an, an anime trope to an extent of like every next person is op well, this show kind of just makes everybody OP, <laughs> except for Sokka. Other than that, or everyone Z- else is the well, best. I was say, the except best. for Zuko, like the only one they point out to that actually has bending, but isn't as like inherently good at it as his surrounding people, is, is Zuko. Poor guy. Yeah. But sorry, that's just just my two cents. Yeah. I know I hate on me a lot for <laughs> shipping and 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 bending and doing stuff, but it's nothing personal, me. I apologize. Yeah. I also mispronounce oh, okay, so... names sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love I love when Zuko says like it's May. Like to me, that's like a, like a rekindling of his relationship. Like, oh man, she really cares about me. Um, so then they get off, they get to safety, and May gets captured by the prison guards. And and this is one of the best moments in the show, which I'm really kind of uh, upset at, at ourselves for not including it. If someone mentioned it before, I forgot who that person was. But I was like, oh, about this moment, like, yes, this is one of the best moments of the show. It would probably rank in my top ten. I forgot what was my tenth moment, but I think that it would my, scratch. It's a great moment. It would scratch my top ten. The one I was arguing for to like make the top ten that didn't, for example, was Rain and Cha. I still think I like Rain and Cha better, but then I'd maybe put this one right behind it. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm gonna put this one above above that one. Dragons, because um, it has a lot. Dragons. This was the. This was the, the jaw-dropping moment for me in Avatar. So I do, Azula, I do agree to a pretty good extent that I'm sure we'll talk to in a few seconds here. Yeah. So Azula is like, why would you do it? You know the consequences. And May is like, you clearly don't understand people like the way you think you do. You miscalculated. I love Zuko more than I fear you. And I love... Mm. That's a great line. I love Azula's line, like, no, you miscalculated. You should have feared me more. And like, <laughs> Azula is about to kill her with lightning. <laughs> and May at the moment gets out her, out, out her knives. Like they're about to go at it. <laughs> so that moment was shocking. Like holy crap, things about to go down. And then right before Azula gets out of lightning, Tylee chi blocks her. It takes her out. And that was the jaw dropping moment for me. Like holy crap, there's no going back from this. Um, so that yeah, that moment is great, and this is the start of Azula's descent into madness. Yes, this is, this is the tipping point. <laughs> she has been yeah. she has lost. 
she has been betrayed like it was a it was an you know we've already used the phrase 180 a couple times here but this was an absolute 180 of like what was supposed to happen what was in the bag and zuko and all of them were gonna die and it's gonna be over versus now like it she's almost starting from square one again um and not even with her full team not even with her full capacity so yes absolutely the greatest uh the greatest individual moment or let's call it the most impactful moment in azula's entire arc happens right here yeah. most of not greatest yeah. most impactful yeah i mean azula azula miscalculated right azula is the most calculating thought out measured person shown in, in the show but she did miscalculate like uh may does love Zuko, when she fears Azula, Azula thought fear was the thing that drove everything, but she miscalculated. She miscalculated Ty Lee's loyalty, right? Ty Lee loved, clearly loved May more than she feared Azula, or she wouldn't have done that. All of this is about Azula miscalculating things and not understanding that love is much greater than fear, uh, which let me point out that I do now totally ship Ty Lee and, and May, only from our conversation. Oh, Ty Lee and May. Jamie. Yeah, Ty, Ty Lee and May. Oh, yeah. I should. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Way better than yeah. Way better than May and Zuko. Way better. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. It's the, yeah, we talked about where it's the Harley, to me, it's the Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy ship or the cheerleader and the goth girl. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um, two great examples of that. Um, but, that like, tremendous. so I think, I think this episode did a really great job of showing that really. Uh, measured Azula in that fight <laughs> where she's doing freaking push-ups with nothing, with no feet <laughs> on the ground and fire bending at the same time. Because after that, you never see that same Azula in the fight before. They're all way more unhinged than this. And we'll get to that in the next episode. Um, she's just slowly losing her, her crap. And yeah, just love it. It's pretty steep after this too. It's a, a we we've talked about Azula sort of growing to her pinnacle um, earlier in this episode, and that's like what fifty three episodes of show. Well, these last seven, it's a very sharp. It was a very steep decline for Miss Azula. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Oh, and so back in the comic books, so in search when Azula helps helps um Zuko search for their mom um Ty Lee is in it because she becomes a Kyoshi warrior and Kyoshi warriors are part of Zuko's guard for for a while there because there's an uprising against Zuko and uh and like Azula tries to like she's in like um she's in a straight jacket and she tries to like lunge at someone and Ty Lee chi blocks her um and then she was wanting her to chi block her because she's like, oh, I've been chi blocked you enough that I know once you chi block me in this certain area, my like thumb then becomes loose and I can break out of these, this stray jacket. And she breaks out and it just shows her like in the stray jacket, lightning bending at somebody. And she almost like takes someone out. Just, it's a really cool image. It's, well, like, it's me that image like epitomizes Azula, like so powerful, but crazy at the end. Like she's in a straight jacket and it's still lightning bending. Really, really great. 
Man, you gotta get you need a broader a broader base chi block. You gotta cover a whole arm at least. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So then they 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 escape. They go back to the Western Air Temple where um, they're like like Katara's like, "Where'd you get the ship?" And Sokka's like, "Uh, we got it from a prison. What happened to your war balloon? It crashed, and we got it." You know, he's like, did you bring back any meat? And Saga's like, I brought back the best meat. The meat of family and friendship. And he brings back Suki and, and Hakoda. And Hakoda is reunited with his daughter and his son. And it's a great family moment. And you would have think that maybe Katara would forgive Suki after that. But not yet. Not quite. Not quite. We're, we're closing yeah. in. We're, it's, we're, we're closing it's, it's fine. There's, it's there's, fine. A, there's foamy mouth guy amounts of hope on the horizon for forgiveness. Yeah. Let's, uh, hey, with that, let's get to the ratings for the two-part episode, doing them both together. Yep, two-part episode. Uh, so, my rating for audio-visual... Make it work here. Is... There we go, my bad. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> it's a nine. Um, I love the fighting here. Really great. Love seeing hand-to-hand fighting. Um, really, really great stuff. Story gets a nine, I think... Uh, this, you know, it starts the Azula descent into madness. I think there's some really great Sokka and Zuko uh, collaboration going here that really informs both of those characters. Really great job there. Memorable, nine and a half out of ten. I really enjoyed this episode. It's one of the episodes that I, like I said before, it was a jaw-dropping moment with Azula and and May and Ty Lee and that betrayal that happened there. So very memorable episode for me. Um, so yeah, so even though I didn't get Aang learning lava bending, um, it's fine because it was. I'm sure that episode would not have been as good <laughs> as as, uh, as what this one was. So now, that, one now that you're more mature, you can appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. So I uh, so this one it's funny because we've been on a tear where we've been pretty close in ratings for a few weeks, and this one it's not totally different, but I think in hindsight I was way hard I was hard on this episode because uh it doesn't in my mind it does not stand up to the other two-part episodes um personally i don't think so and it's mostly because in the first episode by the end of the first part of this they're just i mean they're back at square one essentially nothing happened that couldn't have just happened in in one episode with the exception of of some tension some dramatic tension there so i think that made me a little more harsh on it than i probably should have been um but you know i'm gonna stand by my ratings and stand by that phrase of saying that the first episode almost no actual movement occurs by the end of the episode it's just there for tension so audiovisual eight great stuff the story overall it really is a well-told story keeps you on your toes the entire time big things happen uh memorable eight again i probably couldn't parse the first episode out from the second necessarily um but again nothing wrong with an eight that totals out to an 8.2 Brings us to a very pretty far, yeah, yeah, very very respectable though, eight point six, and it's really good. And like I probably too hard on it, but I don't regret my my reasoning. I really think that not that the first episode suffers; it just doesn't feel very impactful. By the time you get to the end of the second one, you're like, did we did we even need the first one all that much? Not really. Could have all. That's fair. But it's not bad at all. In fact, not not even a little bit bad. It's a very good two-part episode that I highly recommend, and obviously you would as well. That's The Boiling Rock, parts one and part two. There's the gondola. 
or gondola. I don't know how to say it. I say gondola. Um, I say gondola. I'm pretty sure it's gondola. Yeah, I, that seems more natural to me personally. But there it is, and we are definitely on the home stretch. We're on disc four for the DVD Holy set. Crap. Disc four. I can't. Is, can't wait to start Cora, especially because I think you only watched like once. And I've watched Cora once, but the very first season of Cora I've watched twice. So yeah, once okay. essentially. Um, yeah, I'm very excited for Cora. I'm not so excited for reading the comics because I just have a hard time sitting down reading anything. Nothing against comics specifically. Just have a hard time sitting. But I do want to read them, um, just because they are canon and they are important to me. So I do want to read them. I will read them. Might be a slow process arduous process but in the meantime any any final thoughts on the on the boiling rock here or before we get down to what is really the home stretch of episodes uh nope no final thoughts at all stay safe me neither yeah stay safe stay healthy stay inside if you can and if you can't thank you for the work that you have to do uh this has been avatar the last podcasters i'm sean that's chris We appreciate your viewership and listenership, and we will see you next week.